This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the audioized version of the world's number one real estate investing blog. Hope you're having a relaxed Sunday. I'm your host, Tyler, and I read these articles so you can keep learning while you go about your busy life. Oh, and you'll find endless content on biggerpockets.com. Create an account today. It's free. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Multifamily real estate is at risk of crashing. Here's why. Part 3 by Scott Trench We start with the fifth part of my argument, news, anecdotes, and further reading. Let's get right to it. So what I'm discussing here is not news to industry insiders. REIT valuations plunged 25% in 2022. Rents are falling in many major cities like Minneapolis and Chicago, where rent prices are down 9% and 4% respectively year over year. Landlords are also starting to offer more concessions to renters in the form of one month's rent free or free parking to entice new tenants. 
These concessions hit the bottom line for apartment investors in the same way that vacancy or lower listing price rents would, but may mask the degree to which rent declines may be reported in certain markets. The institutional clients of large private equity funds have been withdrawing funds to the point where those funds are bumping up against withdrawal limits for their investors, starting with the most famous non-traded REIT in the world, Blackstone. Brian Burke discusses this topic at length in On the Markets, The Multifamily Bomb is About to Blow episode with Dave Meyer, if you want to check that out. He believes that we are on the cusp of repricing in the sector and that there is a massive bid-ask spread between buyers and sellers. The few deals being done, for now, are by 1031 exchange participants and those who have raised large funds and have to deploy those assets quickly. These folks are motivated to move fast, and with many sellers holding on for dear life for now, prices do remain elevated. This won't last much longer. Sellers who were highly leveraged with variable rate debt will be forced out by their DSCR compliance issues, and there will be steady mounting pressure for investors to refinance their balloon debt pressure that will increase with each passing month as more and more of the market is forced to act by either selling, refinancing, or bringing significant chunks of cash to reduce debt balances and avoid foreclosure. In the sixth part of my argument, ideas to protect wealth and make money in this environment. Cap rates are lower than interest rates. Rent growth and interest rate relief are each a coin flip. Pressure is mounting on the debt size for a sizable chunk of the market and underwriting new deals is much harder at last year's prices. This is a tough environment. But there are still a number of strategies that may make sense for savvy investors who still want to participate in the multifamily and other real estate sectors. Here are some of the things I'm considering. First, lend. Interest rates are higher than cap rates, so that means more cash flow, at least in the first year, years, for the lender per dollar invested than the equity investor, with lower risk. Let someone else take the first 20 to 30% of the risk. I'm personally considering investing in debt funds that do hard money lending, as I like the short-term nature of those loans and feel like the single-family market is more insulated from risk than the multifamily market. Buy with zero leverage. If your goal is truly to own multifamily for the long haul and near-term risk is not something that bothers you, consider simply not using leverage at all. If you have the means, of course. This reduces risk, and again, because interest rates are higher than cap rates, will increase cash flow. You can always refinance in a few years if you want to put more capital to work. Wait and watch. This is timing the market and really not my style, but if you believe this analysis, we could see prices shift considerably in 2023. Sitting on cash for 6 to 12 months might put some savvy buyers in a position to acquire assets at a great bargain, especially if a panic drives the cap rate very, very high. Review the terms of any investments you're in. Some syndicators have the right to make capital calls. If a DSCR covenant is broken on a deal, the syndicator may have very unattractive options of selling at a huge loss, getting foreclosed on, or bringing a huge pile of cash to the table to prevent foreclosure. 
The terms of your syndication investment may allow the syndicator to require investors to put in additional capital or risk a dilution of their shares. While the power is likely in the sponsor's hands, it is at least within your control to understand if this is a possibility in your deal or not, and to prepare your cash position accordingly. Don't be blindsided. Bring a healthy skepticism to any new investments. I'm obviously skeptical of the market in a systemic way, but if presented with a specific deal that was able to intrigue me enough to take a second look, I'd want to make sure that that deal made sense, even with a significant rise in cap rates. I'd be skeptical about claims of value-add, every deal advertised by every sponsor is value-add, by the way, or that the property is a great deal. What sponsor is going to tell you that the deal is not a great one? My interest would also be piqued if a sponsor committed a significant amount of their own capital, something meaningful in the context of their net worth. I'd want to feel confident that their own hard-earned capital was at risk alongside mine, not just that they have the opportunity to earn upside from acquisition fees, management fees, and carried interest. Take a short position on something. I wonder if there are any public REITs that are particularly exposed to the risks outlined in the last few podcasts. A material amount of research could reveal portfolios that are particularly concentrated in markets with low cap rates, massive supply risk, and with a high percentage of variable rate debt, or who will be seeing skyrocketing rate cap costs. If anyone decides to go digging here, boy, I'd be very interested in talking through your findings please email me. And let's wrap things up for today and for this series. Yeah, it was a long one. We pushed through to the end, though. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to all of these. But as I mentioned way back in part one of the introduction, I consider myself between an amateur to journeyman in understanding the world of commercial real estate and large multifamily. However, what I am able to comprehend makes me fearful for valuations. I feel like there are many risks here, and I plan to be very conservative in 2023. However, I might go ahead and buy another single-family rental or even a small multifamily property like a duplex, triplex, or quadplex, as I like to do about every 12 to 18 months anyway. But I hope that at the very least, this series of podcasts helps you to make more informed decisions if you're exploring multifamily investment opportunities and do just a bit more due diligence. And again, I'm still looking for someone with a bull case for multifamily. So if you're listening to this, please go ahead and find the article inside biggerpockets.com, make a comment, or email me at scott at biggerpockets.com. I'd love to hear your take. Hopefully you got something out of today's show. Before I leave you, here's a quick tip. Finding an investor-friendly real estate agent can accelerate your path to purchasing your first or next investment property. How do you do that? By visiting biggerpockets.com slash findanagent. That's biggerpockets.com slash findanagent to find a top-rated agent in your backyard. Have a great day and hope to see you right back here tomorrow.